just corner the show by fans for fans. My name's Eric Morrow, Seattle Mariners baseball, everybody. Let's get started. This smile is back on Junior's face, line drive, base hit to win it. Welcome to Casuals Corner, the show by fans, for fans, Seattle Mariners baseball, everybody. We've had a great weekend, and I want to say it first to say hello to my uh, co-host, Tyler Matsumoto. How are you today, buddy? I'm fantastic. Life is good. The Mariners are good. What can you say about that? I mean, I couldn't tell you of a time we're more excited about Seattle Mariners baseball right here. And we're also lucky to have a guest in the studio today, somebody I really respect and has a lot of good opinions. Cam, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Doing great. Where are you joining us from? I'm in Federal Way, Washington. Ah, Federal Way. I graduated the Federal Way School District. We had an Auburn address, and the water bill came from Kent, so I, I know the area well. Yeah, I think I'm I'm right in the same area you were. <laughs> I went to a Thomas Jefferson High School, and uh, that was a long time ago. And our claim to fame was we'd lost 21 football games in a row. Wow, yeah, that's not a good streak. I went to Beamer, and we were just as bad, though. <laughs> and, and ladies and gentlemen, to let you know what a terrible athlete I am, I, I wasn't on the team, so that tells you something right there. Um, I wasn't able to make the team. I dropped out uh, in junior high from football. Um, Indy, our producers in Nashville, Tennessee, how are you, friend? I'm doing pretty good. Let's get to it. Tyler, tell me about this pitching staff. Well, for starters, we know that the bats have absolutely come alive. Julio and the entire crew has been electric. But I cannot forget about how awesome our starting pitching staff has been, especially the top few. So I'll start with my favorite, George Kirby. He's got a 10-8 record, a 3.23 ERA, in 150 and two-thirds innings pitched, only a 1.015 whip. He has a 9.5 strikeout-to-walk ratio, which is over two whole points higher than the second-place pitcher. He's 10th in ERA, 13th in innings pitched, first in whip, and like I said, first in strikeouts-to-walk ratio. It is not hyperbole for me to say that George Kirby has to be in the Cy Young conversation. Luis Castillo, Castillo, right behind him, 9-7 and seven with an identical 3.23 ERA. 150 and a third innings pitched with a 1.051 whip. 4.49 strikeout-to-walk ratio. Obviously, that puts him 10th in the league in ERA. He's 14th in innings pitched and 4th in whip, 13th in strikeout-to-walk ratio. Him and Kirby have almost identical stats. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. Logan Gilbert, love this guy. 11-5 with a 3.77 ERA and 148 innings pitched, 
a 1.074 whip. 5.41 strikeout to walk ratio, and he's 26th in ERA, 16th in innings pitched, 8th in whip, and 7th in strikeout to walk ratio. Now a young rookie. Heck, the last two two of the three pitchers I named were really young, but a rookie, Bryce Miller, 8-4 with a 3.78 ERA. In 97 and two-thirds innings pitch. Only a 1.014 whip and 4.45 strikeouts to walk ratio. Brian Wu, his stats aren't as sexy necessarily, but dig in and watch, and he's been really effective as well. Only 1-3 with a 4.75 ERA in 55 innings pitch, but a 1.236 whip, 3.53 strikeout to walk ratio, and if you look at his first start and his eighth start, he gave up six earned runs each. If we just say that he didn't implode in those two games and gave up three earned runs per game, his ERA would be at 3.76. Yeah, you left somebody. Mm-hmm. Jerry's, oh, Jerry said it himself on his radio interview this week that the pitching has been incredible. And the starting pitching has been absolutely phenomenal. Kirby, Castillo, and Gilbert are all pitching like aces or number twos. And it's just fantastic. And I just love watching these guys toe the rubber. We are getting rookie pitchers that are coming up and in other years would implode and be terrible and be hurt and all this other stuff. We are bringing up people like Bryce Miller comes in total stud from the start. We're bringing in people like Brian Wu, who's could be near that uh, just out of the gates. You've got Kirby in his second year, phenomenal. Gilbert in his third year, making the progress he should. And then uh, Castillo, uh, who's, who's the veteran we traded for. Tell me about the bats here lately, particularly Julio Rodriguez, Camden. Yeah, Julio over these uh that last four game stretch where he was super hot, seventeen to twenty two with two home runs and five stolen bases. He increases average from two fifty six to two seventy eight, OPS from seven fifty one to eight hundred, WRC from one eleven to one twenty five, and F four from three point seven to four point eight. So he's been super hot lately. Unbelievably good for four games, 17 hits. I, I don't know what more you could ask. And last year when these hits started coming like this, the home runs were right behind it. I mean, you know, he hit like this for two weeks and then the home runs on the, on leadoff home runs were there like crazy. Um, any other uh, bats that stand out to you you want to talk about, Camden? Cade Marlowe's been hot, too. I don't have the exact numbers on him. Uh, Caballero had a great weekend. He's just a menace. I love watching him play, but I don't have any numbers on anyone else. That's great. Um, we know that uh, Demo's really been hitting better than he ever has. Uh, you know, a lot of doubles, a lot of home runs from him. Uh, we didn't have uh, JP on the mound, or on the mound. We didn't have JP uh, playing shortstop uh, this weekend. And let's talk about how this weekend went. We've got Friday night, Seattle shuts out Houston with Bryce Miller on the mound, uh, two to zero. 
that was a close game throughout most of it, uh, obviously at two to zero. Um, Miller and the bullpen shut him down. Saturday, Seattle blows out Houston 10 to three. And to me, this was the biggest show of, of the three games. Um, and you had Gilbert, uh, the working man's pitcher there, uh, handling his job and then the bullpen. And today, ladies and gentlemen, a three-game sweep of the Houston Astros. We are one game behind them, if I'm correct. Today, we got off to a great start and held it, held the score through the whole game, win 7-6, to six, and walk out of Houston with a three-game sweep. And Texas Rangers have lost three in a row also. We uh, are on the precipice of climbing the mountain, uh, jumping over all these teams, becoming really having a chance to win the division. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. Anything you want to add to that, Tyler? I'm just going to piggyback a little bit on what Cam said a minute ago. Obviously, Julio has been historically incredible. Teoscar Hernandez is 12 for his last 26. Dylan Moore is 7 for his last 18. And Dom Canzone Calzone was 4 for 5 today. It, it's, it's fun to see this team hitting well, especially because we've seen so many outings where the bats have been non-existent. Yeah, Camden, I mean, how much of the, the beginning of the year, two-thirds of the year, we just sat there and wrung our hands about this horrible offense? What's happened? Yeah, it's just caught fire. And I, I actually wrote down, too, since August uh, August the 2nd, uh, we were 56 and 52. We were six back at Texas, five and a half back at Houston, and three and a half back at Toronto. Since then, we've gone 13 and three to end up 69 and 55, half game up on Toronto, uh, three back at Texas, and a half game back back at Houston for the division. So they're just uh, creeping right up on them. It's the dog days of summer, folks, and what that means for so many teams is a bit of a wilt, wilting of your pitching staff, which, you know, is higher runs, people are tired. And here the M's go just marching through like, okay, well, we were just kind of fooling around or we couldn't get our act together, but we're here, we're strong. Tomorrow you're going to face another one or two. The day after that you're going to face another one or two. I can't remember of a quote-unquote bullpen game this whole season, maybe one or two. Do you remember any, Camden? I don't. And I mean, that was a I mean, that was just normal course of business three or four years ago, and we see it out of other teams too. Um, which game did you did you get a chance to see the Saturday night game, Tyler? Yeah, I did. I was actually able to watch most of it for once instead of listening on the radio and. Talk about an absolute whooping we put on them. I want to give a shout-out to Logan Gilbert because his start wasn't flawless at all. He gave up, actually, a ton of base runners, but he was only able to surrender a couple of runs, and that's so darn critical for starters, especially against quality teams like Houston, is that they're going to get their hits. Now, can you slam the door in their face during rallies? 
to give your team a chance to win, and he certainly did that. Obviously, the bats were on fire with 10 runs. What did we have? Dylan Moore with two home runs in one game. What is this world coming to, my friend? Yeah, I mean, I just don't remember Dylan Moore as being much of a hitter. And then he had that core injury, everybody. And that's, you know, those are like forever to heal from. And he's coming back just tearing it up. Mike Ford had a home run. Uh, Sam Haggerty had a home run. Is that right, Camden? Uh, yeah, it does look like Haggerty had a home run. Dylan Moore had two of them. So, I mean, it was it was kind of a really strange game. It was a blowout, uh, uh, wiping your feet on on the welcome mat there. Tell me about that fight. I or it wasn't a fight; it was a standoff. But uh, we have a guy uh, named Cabby. We all call him Cabby. Uh, it's easier for me. And he's like Dennis the Menace on a skateboard. Can you tell me about what happened there? Yeah, I mean, my wife speaks Spanish, and she was translating the whole time. She said after he got hit, he said, why the F did you hit me? Uh, he said that twice, and then Framber Valdez kind of said, what's up? What you going to do about it? And then that's when Julio came up and rounded up Valdez. Uh, that, real, that national pride really showed for them. Yeah, it was really a tense moment, and... I know we're not supposed to like when people fight, and I know that that's not the gentleman way to do things and, and that. But I do kind of puff my chest up a little bit in situations like that because, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Valdez hit Cabby on the back foot and made him do a belly flop at home plate. And that was uh, one play after a home run which might have been the Haggerty or the Demo home run. Do you remember, Camden? Yeah, I think I, you know, I don't actually remember what happened right before the at-bat, but, you know, I, I do love a good fight. The Winker fight last year was one of my favorite moments. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it human nature, I guess, uh, and particularly, particularly for men, uh, human nature is like, okay, you know, we've, because, Let's face it, I, I think Houston's kind of a dirty team, don't you, Tyler? I mean, do you feel that way? They've been proven to be cheaters. And, you know, they plunked uh, Lewis in the head last year. I fully believe that Framber was throwing at Cabby's ankle yesterday. It, it was the first pitch after a home run. He was getting shelled. Other than his no-hitter, he's actually had a really rough second half of the season. And the reason that we all love Cabby is he is an annoying pest. Framber has not liked him since the moment he came to the big leagues. And he he showed why. I So I really wanted the Mariners to get in a big scuffle there. But I was so proud of the maturity and the leadership and the quick thinking of Julio to just grab the pitcher, pull him away, defuse the situation. If this was game number 22, I think the Mariners should be charging the mound and getting after it. But we have less than 40 games left. We're in the heat of a pennant race, and this team cannot afford any major suspensions. We have to have all hands on deck 
And as much as you want to get after it with your fists, having the series sweep is much better. And we have a lot of wins to stack up to try to make the playoffs down the stretch. Maybe I am in the minority here uh, just because I've, I've tried to break up fights before and end up with black eyes myself. Um, I would hope that Julio would step back and, and I know they're friends, but things can get real wild in a situation like that. Uh, one of the Astros could think that they're actually fighting or something like that. And I, I just hope that I don't see him doing that in the future, just for his safety and, um, you know, uh, things can get real wild and real weird, and uh, I don't want him getting hurt or get suspended or something like that. So I guess there's two sides to that coin. What do you think about the uh, the the Julio uh, the Julio Valdez situation there, Camden? Uh, I liked it. I I, I like them so uh, you know showing that on the field is it's good for the game. I think. Uh, showing national pride and everything. Uh, I was fine with it. Hey, that brings me to another topic, guys. And uh, it's not necessarily baseball related, but uh, one of my best friends on uh, Bleacher Report, Moyer fan, Jay at Moyer fan, um, has been evacuated out of his house and some of his family's been evacuated out of his house. Apparently there's some fires going on up there. Do you guys know anything about that? I haven't heard anything about him. That's crazy. Wait, he's where? Where does he live? Spokane. Oh, oh there are some fires uh, on the east side of the mountains. It's pretty smoky at my house right now. Yeah, it's it's really smoky up here in Snohomish County as well. So you know what's going on, but it, it's not. You never really feel the flames here in Western Washington. You just see the smoke. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the reason for me to bring that up is uh, we we wish him and his family the best. We wish everyone the best, of course. And uh, but particularly our Mariner, Seattle Mariner friends that live on the wrong side of the state or the east side of the state. Excuse me. Um, we want you to be safe, and we sure hope that uh, you're spared from this natural disaster. And uh, we'll be pushing for you. And if I don't know. We might even do a GoFundMe or something like that if we find out any of our friends um, uh, are in serious trouble or have lost their homes or have lost property or stuff like that. So God bless you. Get better. Amen. I guess where we want to go right now is we're a game behind Houston. Is that right? I think we're a half game behind Houston. Half game behind Houston and three games behind the Rangers. Is this correct? Yes, sir. So, ladies and gentlemen, you're you're seeing the best of Mariner baseball in probably 20 years, although last year was fun, too. Um, but when they finally turned it around, and we just never thought they were going to do it, it's just like, oh, my God, you guys. It's one step forward, one step back all year long. It's really hard to get excited about a 500 team. Um but here they are, they've blown out. Everybody's decided to play up to their potential. And all of a sudden, we bring a couple kids up, uh, one through trade and uh, one through uh, the system with Cade Marlowe. We've got Rojas, who's who's doing his part, playing solid defense and probably batting about 220, something like that, I'm, I'm guessing. But uh, 
uh, here at least a few last few days he's been getting his hits in. We've got some real great things going on. Uh, which brings me to the question, Camden, what do you think is going to happen when Jared Kellenick gets uh, healthy? You know, it's a tough situation. Uh, I was looking up him, and I was comparing him and Cade Marlowe's stats uh, for this year, and this is just through uh, baseball reference, but through 90 games, Jared Kelnick put up 1.9 war. Through 24, Cade Marlowe's put up 1.2. Uh, you know, uh, Cade Marlowe has a higher average on-base per percentage, uh, higher OPS higher walk rate, lower K rate. So, you know, it, it'd be hard for Kelnick to push him out of that as if he's staying hot. But I think there will always be room for all of them rotating through that DH position and everything else. I think that uh, that JK's defense is definitely superior and his arm is definitely superior, but he's got some work to do at the plate. It's just come really tough for him at the major league level. Marlowe's done great, and he's hitting a ball. He's hitting doubles. He's hitting singles. He's hitting home runs. Um, the only thing I I could think of is his defense is probably not on par of, of Kelnick's, and uh, I don't think he has near the arm as Kelnick. Do you know about that, Camden? No, I haven't looked any of that up, but I mean, I know for sure Jake uh, Jared Kelnick has the higher ceiling, but I'd say Marlowe has the higher floor. I mean, we saw it in Kelnick's first two years. They were awful. Um, and, you know, you could always go back to that. You never know how long he's going to stay this hot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tyler, what do you got to say about it? Well, you mentioned recently that there were some Internet trolls saying that Cade Marlowe has a terrible arm. But I'm watching the game on Saturday, and Altuve hit a rope off the left field wall, and... Cade threw a laser to second base and got an outfield assist throwing Altuve out at second. Next at-bat, or two at-bats later, Altuve rips another liner off the wall, and he doesn't even try to go for the double this time. So I, I don't want to hear about this bad arm because I've seen two straight laser beams completely accurate right on the base with a hitter who's a fast runner. And then I also recall, for any fan that knows Houston's left center field, the left field fence is much closer. Then it takes a jagged diagonal turn deep into the left center corner. Cade was able to track the deep fly, navigate the the where the wall changes directions and was able to make a catch in the deep corner. Kelnick is a better athlete. It's pretty apparent, but I want to dispel this notion that Kate has a bad arm. He might not be Jay Buhner or Ichiro from right field, but when you're throwing Altuve out at second and then holding him to a single off the wall, you can't tell me you have a bad arm. Well, that's great. Uh, for you to point that out. And I guess that's how rumors get started. I, something goes in a person's ear and then they blab about everybody else to it. Uh, good uh, good showing us that that's not the case there. Um, Camden, what do you think about our playoff chances now, huh? Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, they're creeping up there this morning on uh, fan graphs. We were at 54%. Baseball reference had us at 51%. 
I think it's really going to get decided in those last 10 games, seven against Texas, three against Houston. The Mariners hold their own destiny in their hands. Yeah, and we can really wipe the floor. I mean, if we can just keep hot uh, through the end of the season, we could easily win this division by several games. Uh, Do you agree with us on that, uh, Tyler? I absolutely do. And the Mariners need to do a ton of work in the next five series because, as Cam mentioned, the last three series are going to be extremely tough. We have four straight series against losing teams, and then the fifth series in that stretch is against the Reds, who are only three games above five hundred. We have a, nine, a nice month of playing teams that have not met the standard, and we absolutely have to capitalize in those opportunities. Yeah, and, and the end of the year is going to be a, a shootout. Um, and and Cam and, and Tyler, you're both exactly right. Uh, we've got to win the games that are winnable, and then we've got to go up against these teams. And if this weekend showed us anything, this can be done. And we've got the hottest team in baseball on our hands right now, fans. And uh, I hope you realize that. Well, when we started this show, what has it been five weeks ago, I, I thought there was a 60, 70% chance we wouldn't make the playoffs. I think it's totally swung around. I'd say, you know, today I'm feeling hot and, and proud. Uh, I'm going to say 85% that we do make the playoffs. I, I really think this team has finally come alive. Uh, we'll make a run into the playoffs. I, I'm not predicting the World Series this year, but Cam, I have thought of 2025. Let me rephrase this. Um, Baseball was almost shut down for a whole year. So once I knew that baseball was shut down almost for a whole year, I kind of went an extra year, gave the Mariners an extra year. But 2025 has always been my go for the World Series year. What do you say? Yeah, that that's good. I, you know, I think they could do it this year though with the pitching staff. We have anything is possible. Um, just need to get us into the playoffs, and as long as the hitters stay hot, they can do it. So, uh, as Jerry Depoto says, we just need to get to the to the dance. Is that is that right, Tyler? Absolutely. Let's look back at the San Francisco Giants when they won what three World Series in five or six years. They never had an outstanding lineup, but they always had a great pitching staff. And you need a great pitching staff to get through 162 games. But you get into these short three, five, and seven-game series, then you can really lock it down. You can shorten your rotation. You can put a couple of good arms into the bullpen. How fun would it be to add Brian Wu to the bullpen, per se, in the playoffs get some more electric arms back there. You never know what can happen in a short series. This team is surging, but honestly, we still have a long ways to go. Absolutely. Uh, There's still a long ways to go. Baseball can change in a heartbeat. You're feeling on top of the world one day, and and three days from that, the world is ending. So, um, And we see that online all the time. I mean, all it has to do is is be behind one run and we've got folks talking about all this all this negative stuff um i think we're really on par to do well this year i don't see a world series coming but that don't mean it can't happen camden i just thought the team really was close to winning the world series last year 
when we did lose three in a row to Houston, but they were all close games. Absolutely. We played them tough every single game, and, you know, pitching wins championships, and the Mariners got the pitching to do it. So many people in uh, the Northwest uh, are football fans also, pro uh, probably way more football fans, but this is the equivalent of having uh, the number one defense in the NFL or something like that. You know, defense wins championships, they say, in football. It's the same thing uh, with pitching and please defense, Tyler. You know how I am about defense. Um, if we could stay strong on the pitching, which we have, and the defense, and the guys can just, in the lineup, can just perform normally. Um, and we hope that they even perform above average to make up for the crappy beginning. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Camden, what do you think about uh, the, the biggest free agent out there on the market this year, um, Shohei Otani? Uh, do you think the Mariners could make a run at him? Oh, I absolutely do. I think they've been saving up for it. And, uh, you know, he's in the triple crown race both as a pitcher and a hitter, so he'd be amazing on any team. Um, our payroll next year uh, committed right now is 106 million. So they can afford it. The luxury tax is uh 237. And I think that's about as high as they go, but I think they got the money to do it. I think Shohei Otani, he said he spent a couple off seasons in Seattle. I think he would love to be here. And I think at the all-star game, the fans showed ownership that we really want Shohei Otani in Seattle. Wasn't that amazing? I mean, it was so organic. It was, and it was our, our shot at at national television, Tyler, to sit there and and for the crowd to come up with, come to Seattle, come to Seattle. What do you think the chances are getting him in a Mariner uniform next year, Tyler? You know I'm honestly kind of negative about this, and it's nothing against what the Mariners could bring to the table for him, but I still have reservations about if ownership would be willing to or could even in a way be able to afford a contract of his caliber. Every day that passes, it seems like his number is getting higher, and it feels like that might exclude the Mariners. But as you guys said, they've been pitching, pinching pennies the last couple years to a certain extent. Hopefully that's a sign that they're willing to go all in on Otani, I've said this several times, it's an investment into the team, into the city, into the region. If Otani was on this ball club, the ticket sales would skyrocket, the hotel sales would skyrocket, and there would just be a great buzz around the area. I just don't know how we're going to compete with the Dodgers or the Mets or even the Giants or the Yankees. Yeah. Um, I think Stanton, John Stanton, the team owner, or who's the head of the team ownership, uh, kind of let everybody down the way he explained it the, a few weeks ago. But if you listen real close to what he said, he's kind of just on the fence. It's like we could sign him or we couldn't sign him. Um, the team has promised us they would spend in free agency when the time is right. And we know that Otani was, uh, Seattle was probably a second pick. We know that uh, uh, our heritage with Japanese players coming over to the States is excellent. We have a long history with that. We have a wonderful Japanese American community here 
in the state. I don't think that uh, Otani is strictly uh, how much money can I make, like a, um, a Correa or somebody like that. I think he's looking for more peace in his life. Camden, do you got anything to add to that? Yeah, from everything I've seen and read, it seems like money is secondary to him. And, you know, if he is a big legacy guy, you know, he could go to the Dodgers or the Mets or the Yankees and be the next great Met or the next great Dodger. Or he could come to Seattle and be the man that brought a championship to Seattle. Uh, and I think that means something. It it, it means something to me. I, I'm just really a pr proud of the uh, uh, Japanese-Seattle connection we have here. And I think it's one of the only advantages this team has um, is is a close connection with was with Ichiro and and the other stars that have played here. I I I hope he comes here. I've been calling for him to to choose Seattle for a long time. I think the Mariners know that they can make some money back. I'm kind of tired of hearing how Seattle's not doesn't wear big boy pants. This city is wealthy these days. There's there's more money than there used to be. This isn't the 1979 anymore. This is 2023. We have a chance to uh, to to turn this city alive like it's never seen with baseball. Seattle, go out and get Otani, and that's what we'll say. Do you anything to add to that, Tyler? I love your guys' attitude about the whole Otani thing. I feel like I'm a wet blanket right now, but for me, it's not about the city. It's not about the local, econ local economy. It's not about the fan base. It's not about the fact that the Mariners, like you say all the time, Eric, we're not just the Seattle team. We're not just the Washington team. We are the Northwest team. My issue is... I don't have a ton of confidence in Mariner's ownership to do what it takes to get him. And I think you guys are both right. I think if we even came in with the second or the third highest contract, he would probably come here. But ownership has proven me wrong year after year after year. They need to they they finally need to show me the money and show Otani the money. Because Lord knows I am all in on getting him. I just don't have the faith in the ownership. Yeah, Camden, do you feel that way? Or is that, did you feel more that way after Stanton released that comment? You know, that's that's the one thing I'm concerned about is ownership's willingness to sign him. Um, and I did read that Stanton statement you're talking about. And, you know, he said, you say it did. I agree with you. He did seem like he was on the fence, but I, I'm hoping they just uh, pony up and do it. Yeah. Let's step up. We're big boys. We've been saving money for a while. Yeah. They told us they'd do it when uh, they told us when they started the rebuild, they were going to reallocate that money for when it was time. So that brings me to a different subject here. And um, how long is too long for us that are, and in this show, I've only had pretty much positive fans. And uh, our guest who couldn't make it today, Craig, is probably the most positive guy that I know about the Mariners this year. I mean, when I was hanging my head and saying, this is over, he's going, no, it ain't. We're going to be fine, blah, blah, blah. And soon enough, sure enough, we we are. I expect uh, ownership to, to make a play for this. And if they don't, I'm going to start having a problem with them 
When do us positive fans, Camden, start having a problem with ownership, management, or on-field manager? What do you think? I think DePoto has the longest leash of all of them. I think he's built a great team with a great pitching staff, a championship caliber team. He's had his struggles with the offense, but I think overall he's been a great manager. Um, ownership, they need to, the, you know, if they don't spend some money this offseason, I think we need to start trying to call them out. And shout out to the athletics, by the way, for their reverse protest uh, with their owners not spending money. I just wanted to slip that in there. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, if we miss the playoffs this year or if we have another slow start next year, I think uh, services heat or seat starts heating up a little bit. But uh, overall, I think they're all their seats are all pretty cold right now. But we'll see if that could change quickly. Yeah, it really can. And I know there was a part of this season not that long ago where you were almost to the tipping point on service. Um, I haven't reached that yet, but I know everybody does this at different times. Like I said, I, I kind of almost gave up for on the team a couple times this year. But, you know, it only lasts for a day or two when you look at our situation. What do you think about that same thing, Tyler? Are, are, is there a point where you'll run out of uh, patience with ownership, uh, executive management, or on-field management? Yes, in all three. I'm actually still very bullish on Jerry DePoto and Scott Service to a little bit lesser extent. Jerry totally tore down the house to the foundation. They've built it back up. We have a really, really solid, solid base of young players. We just need to add some more stars, and hopefully it could be an Otani but to really put us over the top. I'm looking right now. The Mariners are 18th in league payroll. There's no reason we can't be 10th. There's no reason we can't be 12th. We have to at least spend a little bit more than we are. And I contend that the fan not only do the fans deserve this but from a business aspect if they put more money into the team they could sell the stadium out every single night and they wouldn't have these april and may evenings where there's 10,000 people if they put the product on the field the fans always show out in the greater seattle area yeah we want a winner um and then if we add otani we are really once again capturing the attention of a, of a entire nation isn't that right tyler oh absolutely so we've we've actually talked about this before but i cannot emphasize this enough when ichiro was in his prime there would be flocks of japanese and other asian people who would make seattle and safeco field at the time a vacation destination we would have tons of vacationers from japan then we look up at our nearby city vancouver bc that has a gigantic asian population there we could get all of those people to come down and it would just be such a wonderful mood lifter for the team but this is why i try to reach out i know john stanton and his guys don't care what i say but you could really look at it as an investment and not just acquiring a player 
Yeah, I mean, we are, we're absolutely. And I think you agree with that, Camden. I mean, Otani is the type of player who can actually earn money back for the team. Don't you agree? Absolutely. All eyes would be on Seattle. He's the best player in baseball. And we're talking about merchandise. We're talking about uh, all the ways in the business that maybe I don't understand. I want to find somebody who knows all the nuts and bolts of of how uh, these teams work. But I'm saying, you know, you sign him for 60, he's worth 25 a year in extra sales somehow, some way. Uh, make it happen, Mariners. And... Cam, I know you know this, and Tyler's come to the realization, too, that uh, uh, sometimes I want more than I can have. I was kind of on a Tatis uh, kick there for a while, and a year ago I was on a Soto kick. Um, do you think we're going to add any super talented players besides Otani? I, I guess it would happen afterwards, but do you see a trade in there? Or, do you, uh, Cam, do you see a trade with, with maybe St. Louis and trying to get a couple of their bats, they're desperate for pitching. What do you see? Yeah, the card, the Cardinals have a few good players, Newt Barr, Donovan, Gorman. Um, you know, there's a lot of good players out there. And I think, uh, especially if you sign Otani guys like Miller, Wu, Hancock, those guys become expendable. Um, there's a couple free agents too. get a veteran presence in the clubhouse. Maybe a guy like Joey Gallo or Andrew McCutcheon, Justin Turner, um, there's, there's a few good names out there on the market, but not a ton. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure we've talked about this before Tyler, but I've said we need Otani and a trade. And then of course we've talked about, uh, Kim from San Diego. What do you see? Do you see that happening possibly? Uh, I guess Otani means everything. I mean, if you get Otani, you're, you're, you're putting an ace into your rotation, then you've really got an abundance of pitching. What do you say, Tyler? I like the thinking, and just with my general somewhat pessimistic nature about ownerships willing to spend, the trade market is kind of the route we always need to consider. Now, having all of these young pitchers on rookie contracts is so valuable. I mean, I'm thinking George Kirby... The way he's pitching, he's worth over $30 million and we're paying him like seven or 800000 per year. So obviously he's not going to be on the trade market. But every game that Wu pitches, every game that Miller pitches, and they pitch well, their trade value skyrockets because of how cheap they are, how many controllable years they have, and how well they're doing in their rookie seasons. So I would definitely be into trading them. But as we talked about, I need controllable young hitters. In a perfect world, we just sign Otani, we re-sign Teo, and maybe just roll with the pitching staff we have. We'll see what happens. Maybe... Maybe that this season is just really important and that we need to show certain players like Otani that we are going to be a consistent winner. Well, I think we're we're accomplishing that. That brings me to another subject. Um, Cam, what do you think about T.O.? Are they going to resign him? They're probably He's going to probably make 18 to 22 a year. What do you say? 
I think he's just a little too expensive, especially if they're going to go after Otani. Um, that Otani situation is probably going to play out over the course of the offseason. Teoscar Hernandez is going to want to go somewhere else. I don't think they have the money to sign both. So unless they pull out the Otani race early, I don't think there's any way we retain Teoscar Hernandez. I don't know why some people like some players and some people like other players on the Mariners less, but he doesn't seem worth it to me. I mean, the guy, yeah, he's played okay, but he doesn't seem worth that kind of money to me, you know, and then quibble about giving Otani $53 million over $60 million or whatever. You know, you've got a guy who plays a corner outfield, defense is average. To be honest with you, hitting's been average um, in my book. Um, I'm not for bringing him back. Are, are you... Tyler, are you real? And and the other thing is if we do put a, a QA on him, which is uh, probably a little more than $18 million this year, um, and he signs with somebody else, which is likely, we do get a draft pick back. Isn't that right, Tyler? Yeah, exactly. The I think they call it the competitive balance, something of that nature when you lose such a high-priced player. And I'm with you. You know I like Teo as a ball player more than you do. But the bottom line is, is I cannot stomach paying him four or five years and a hundred million when you're a mid-market team, especially now we have Cade, we have Canzone, and we have Kellenic. We have three options that are young, cheap, and controllable. I'm bullish on all three, and Cam made a good point. The Mariners aren't in a position to give $100 million to a strikeout power hitter if we want to go after Otani. Save that money and let's push push the chips in the middle for not a once-in-a-generation. This guy is like a once-in-a-century type of player. Yeah, he's the best player in the world and probably the best player to ever play. Um, but that's just from my uh, rookie analysis there. Yeah. Did Cam, did you uh, tell us whether you, you'd want to keep Tio or not? You you said that he's a little too expensive, right? Yeah, if it's 18 to 22 million, somewhere in that range, I would say let him walk. Um, something a little cheaper, maybe 14, 15 million a year, might be able to squeeze that in, but I don't think he'd accept anything like that. No, I don't either. So, um, so that brings me to, and we've talked about there are ways to keep this, uh, salary under control particularly if you can keep hitting on your draft picks so let's say you've got somebody like gilbert who's a great pitcher to love the guy uh, but i see him having our most value and he's going to be going into arbitration soon so i'm guessing but it probably start out around maybe four and then seven and then 14 million that's kind of how it goes up and then he's a free agent if you've got guys behind him now, obviously, Kirby is untouchable because of his talent, but uh, you've got a, a, a Miller behind him. He's going to work. He has to work for 700000 for three years, and then they start going up those steps like I just talked about. You've got Wu coming in here. So, I mean, it. I see Gilbert as the one who's going to really bring the most uh, in return, and I think that San Diego, um, St. Louis is just salivating over uh, Logan Gilbert, he's their kind of pitcher, uh, a bulldog. He's uh, bring, bring your lunchbox to work, never hurt. 
maybe not just uh, blow your way stuff like Kirby or Castile, but a really hard worker with a great attitude. And I have seen in some uh, St. Louis publications, and I don't remember exactly which one, but you guys know what I'm talking about, where people discuss, you know, trade situations, only this is from a St. Louis perspective. And they're talking about being willing to let go of Gilbert and Newt Bar, uh, um, forgive me, Gorman and Newt Bar uh, would be a trade consideration for Gilbert. And there may have been a, a, a lower number uh, pick in there on Seattle's side too. Do you think something like that can really happen, Cam? It'd be nice to see it happen, but, um, you know, a lot of those high, high, blockbuster trades you know a lot of times they don't ever really come together i'd like to see some something like that happen especially if we don't get a guy like otani uh then that becomes way more important doing something like that but uh, it's hard to put those deals together it, it may be um and i may be off mark here but there's a lot of us off mark if if that's the case um seattle has found out and st louis has particularly found out this year that having all kinds of hitters and no pitching doesn't lead to a playoff experience. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Tyler? Oh, definitely. And if you're a Seattle Mariners fan, you certainly know this from the mid to late 90s and the early 2000s where our lineup was always stacked, but did we have enough pitching to come through? And you always talk about a balanced team, Eric, and... This is where maybe a St. Louis or maybe a Baltimore can come together with the Mariners and we can each help each other improve our needs. Yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, I want you to remember, and I, I guess, Tyler, we did talk about how the power shifted a little bit more to bats than uh, pitching, but pitching, starting pitching shouldn't be given away. It's not cheap. And just because just because I've got a lot of gold don't make gold cheap. Um, and pitching is gold. Pitching is money in the bank. Somebody like Gilbert is worth a ton of prospect uh, capital. Um, I would like to see a, a deal like that done. Um, now, now, Cam, you said I'm not going to get to tease. Is that right? Yeah, I don't think so. Not with uh, not with his salary and his uh, steroid issue. That's a pipe dream, right? Absolutely. Well, thank you for bringing me back to reality <laughs> yeah. on that. <laughs> Sometimes I get out there a little far, um, and and I don't think about the numbers. And, and Camden, uh, Cam will come by and 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 say, "Well, you do realize your payrolls went from this to this, and that's really out of hand." If you want to sign Otani too, so. I guess everything revolves around trying to make a pitch towards Otani at the end of the year. Is that correct, uh, Cam? Absolutely. And, you know, as fans, we always want the best players, so I don't fault anybody for wanting a Soto or a Tatis or an Otani or anything. Well, we're at the point where we we were promised. You know, I've heard people say, well, they were promised playoffs or this or that. You weren't promised that. We were promised that spending would happen when the time is right. You remember that, don't you, Cam? Absolutely, I do. How about you, Tyler? You remember that? It, that's what was said when we decided to start the rebuild, and I would sure hope that ownership would follow through with what they said. So I think all three of us can expect 
um, and would be kind of on the upset upset side, uh, particularly me, if if not a real uh, attempt was made to uh, sign Otani. Um, the guy brings too much. He's been healthy his whole career after his Tom and John when he first got here. He made a mistake. He went to the wrong team. The guy was 22, maybe 25 years old at the time. He made it made the wrong choice. He needs to come home where he belongs and uh, just lead us right down the road to a championship. And that's what I got to say about that. Could you, oh, could you guys imagine the star power with Otani and Julio on the same team? Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I, and, you know, if we could have them both, they'd have to operate similar to, like, a, the Rays or the A's do, but those teams don't have Otani and Julio, and I think they could make it work. What do you mean by operate like like them? What do you, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, when you've got, you know, over a billion dollars committed to two players, um, that really hamstrings your payroll, and you got to hit everywhere else on it. But, um, you know, so the way that the A's, they'll be competitive for four or five, six years, and then get rid of their, all their players that are, that are getting ready to uh, uh, hit their free agent contracts or their last year's arbitration. But, you know, if they... I, I trusted Depoto to do it right. He's been he's done well doing that since he's been here. Yeah, I I I get what you're saying now. And you know, I think you just look at each player individually. Um and it's it's baseball. It's it's not about how much we like a person or it's about their contract and how they fit with the team and how they're playing or pitching. You know, Kirby sign him up for a, an extended period. Um Gilbert, I could see letting him go for some similar type of bats that were uh, the same situation. Ray's going to be off the books in two or three years. Castile's really only got four years left. And and realistically, having a five-year World Series window is not that bad, is it, Tyler? Oh, that'd be incredible. That's something the Mariners have never seen before. You know, so um, unlikely that we're able to build a dynasty that lasts 10 or 12 years. So I agree with you, Cam. I think that JD is, is on the, on the point looking at what numbers can be saved, uh, what players can be extended because they're just that good. Or you got like Demo. I mean, they signed him for three years, $3 million a year. That's a steal. Don't you think Cam? Absolutely. And Demo's a great player. I've loved him since he's got here. You know, so, um, and and you think cabbies were something like that, Tyler? Well, cabbies an absolute bargain right now, considering what he does for the team and how cheap he is. What and what is he a rookie basically? So they can have club control for numerous years. I would absolutely keep him in the fold unless uh, someone blows you away in a trade. I agree. And and so that's what we're talking about here, folks. Changes could be made. Yes, we have to let go of some of our favorites. We can't keep them all. But if you identify the real, the real plums that are really unreleasable um, and keep bringing the youth up, keep hitting on the draft. And I know that's easier said than done. But in five years, They've been able to build a complete starting pitching staff. Did you hear that stat, uh, Cam, where the, in five years they've drafted a complete p pitching staff? 
Absolutely. And that's crazy. That never happens. I remember when Paxton, Holson, and uh, Walker were coming up and they were saying, you'll be lucky to get one good starter, one good reliever, and one bus. So, you know, just hitting back to back to back to back on these pitchers is amazing to see. And so far, they've been really healthy. Uh, knock on wood here. Um, yeah, I'm sure you agree with that too, don't you, Tyler? Oh, absolutely. So, um, and and it looks like uh, Cole Young is going to be a heck of a player. Uh, we've got uh, people talking about, is it Cole Emerson uh, is just fantastic and is already like our number two prospect or something like that. We've They've kind of shifted to uh, am, amateur bats at this point, Cam. Do you think we're going to hit on those? I sure hope so. It seems like they, you know, the previous three years before these last couple it was all pitchers and now they're drafting all hitters early we'll see how it works out hopefully it works out as well as the pitching did yeah i agree and uh you know i and then if they can get back to the to the pitching you know you can always trade pitching you can always trade it maybe these deals are hard to come together but i i still you know a team like st louis their fan base will just not deal with losing seasons. So they're kind of stuck in this purgatory, like, oh, kind of like Seahawks. You know, they're, it's really hard to build a championship team if you can't um, let go of the players you need to let go of and kind of restart and reboot because that's a couple years of some bad baseball. Um, you know, so their fan base won't let them rebuild. And a move like this makes sense for them because like I've said uh, twice on this show, a bunch of bats does you no good if you don't have any pitching. Cam, I've been really excited to have you here on the show. And um, I also want to have you come back and, and help me with some analytics as we go down the road because you and Tyler are kind of talking about some numbers that I don't, as a fan from the 1990s mostly, um, and then from 216 to, to the present, I don't know what some of the whip is and stuff like that. And, and maybe Tyler can help us too, but I, I would like to have you come back and kind of explain some of these things on an elementary level, uh, just to help. Maybe it's, maybe it's some of the older fans um, who, I mean, back in those days, we worried about ERA, we worried about batting average and uh, slugging. And um, that's as far as I ever got. And we knew a lot about the game between that and watching baseball. But there's a lot of analytics, even the easier ones for folks to understand. Would you be willing to, do, to help us with that in the future, Cam? Absolutely. I would love to come help do that. You know, we've been blessed. Uh, we've had you on. We've had Craig on. And we've had Josh on. Joshua from uh, where is he? Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, did you, you got a chance to catch that show, didn't you, uh, Cam? Absolutely. And it's, it's awesome seeing all the different fans come on here and show what they're, you know, what they're the most knowledgeable about. Everybody is good at something that you've had great guests on so far. We've just been really blessed. And, uh, and of course, um, looking forward to having more folks on. I wouldn't mind even having some folks that kind of have a, um, less positive attitude in general if we could find somebody who isn't an absolute troll um who can kind of push back on me and tyler from time to time because we do agree on a lot of stuff don't we tyler 
Oh, absolutely. The one thing I would add, and we kind of joked about this, is when we started the podcast, the Mariners were 500. Now, what are we, 14 above, I believe. So I'm not going to just make a mountain out of a molehill here. If we were playing crappy baseball, I wouldn't be afraid to say it. But when the team is winning series after series, playing good ball, putting together a bunch of winning streaks, why am I going to be out here complaining? Absolutely. But uh, Tyler and Cam, we both know that it takes just being down one run for the complaining to start. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else you two, either of you two wanted to discuss today? I've kind of run out of the, out of my list. Is there anything Cam that you might want to talk about? Uh, No, I don't have anything. How about you, Tyler? Did I hit on everything that you wanted to talk about today? It's been an incredible weekend sweep here. What did we win? Six of the last seven games in these last two series. And I just mainly want to say thank you so much, Cam, for all of your insight, your information, your intelligence. It has just been wonderful and a privilege to talk to you about Mariners baseball. Yeah, thank you, Cam. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, looking forward to uh, uh, to communicating with you on BR and uh, Bleacher Report and agreeing with you on most things and uh, you and I letting each other know when we don't agree on things. Ain't that right, Cam? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> been one of my outstanding friends on there for a couple of years. Ladies and gentlemen, you're watching the best baseball that's been played for years and years and years, Seattle Mariners baseball. We have a chance to take the division. It's not far-fetched. We have a chance. You heard it from the horse's mouth here from two of our casual corner experts that say we can be in on this World Series. Keep keep your seats. Keep watching the games. Keep listening to Casual's Corner. Let me know if you'd like to be on the show. Maybe you have a specialty uh, that that you have that you're interested in, whether it's numbers or amateur base, whatever it might be. Maybe you're into the minor leagues. Let us know. Maybe you're maybe you're a retired player um, that can give us some insights on how the teams operate or what baseball players' life is like. I have had a wonderful time, guys. Casuals Corner. We have Cam. We have Tyler. Indy's back in Nashville, making sure all this works. Thank you guys so much. Have a good day or night.